Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and um, he's got duct tape over some cardboard that he's wearing on his chest, which means that this is Stuff You Should Know, the LARP podcast. LARP. Right. I'm just going to say that like every five minutes. Well, and this will be a fun one. LARP. All right, I'm not going to do that ever again. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we should just call this um, Dungeons & Dragons follow-up. Um, D&D to ner- nerdier than you thought it could be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, some people, as is written in the end of this article, believe that the in the introduction of Dungeons & Dragons was the that's the citation for the beginning of LARP. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like kind of one step further, you know. The people that really get into D and D and sort of role play at the table, I th- I, that makes sense to me. That that grew into. <clears throat> let's just take this out to the park across the street, right? <laughs> you know, or hang out in front of a movie theater when the new Star Wars is going to premiere. Yeah, I guess that's LARPing in a way, isn't it? Well, do you remember the wizard that came by for that Triumph? Segment? Oh yeah. When Triumph went to the Star Wars premiere? Yeah, I've seen that guy in New York a couple the of times. The wizard dude? Uh-huh. If he's not a LARPer, I don't know what is. I think that's, he's just a wizard. <laughs> so we should, we should probably tell people who don't know what LARP is what LARP is. LARP stands for live action role playing. And as, uh, you probably guessed from context, um, it is usually fantasy based, sometimes sci-fi, sometimes goth, but basically it is everything that a D&D game is or a role playing game is, but actually physically acted out by people who are dressed up as their characters, yeah. who are like going through physical motions. Um, it's Real battles. Right. And it is, it's because of that, because you're actually doing these things, it's considered much more immersive than just an average role-playing game. Sure. Uh, and uh, we should mention that throughout this, <clears throat> we're going to be, um, there was an interview conducted for this article. This was written by Tracy Wilson yeah. of um, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Right. And she interviewed someone named Laurie uh, Zolkowski. I'd say that's how you say that. And she, uh, Laurie, I guess is local, and I think she has even invented her own LARP game. So, Well, she did. It's called King's Gate. Yeah. So Tracy interviewed her. So we're going to be using bits and pieces from Laurie. Um, so we thank her in abstentia. Yeah. Just close. Yes. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, I looked up King's Gate. It was purchased by Red Button Productions. Oh, she actually sold it. Yeah, and they brought her on as the creative director. Wow! But um, I Good don't see. I don't. I don't. I don't see. Like that was in two thousand six, I believe. I don't see her. Um, her name anywhere uh-huh. in regards to that, and I don't see King's Gate. It's much more like archived now. Uh, okay. So I think it's like kind of had its day or whatever. But hey, she still cashed that check for two hundred and seventy-five dollars. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I imagine like making money from creating a LARP game That's is awesome. Pretty unusual and rare. I might look into that actually. Because when I was reading this, I was thinking, I could create a LARP game. I might not want to play it. <laughs> yeah. But I could totally create one. Have you seen some of like the like the rules and all that? Yeah. And like how granular it gets? Yeah. I mean, it's not something you rush into. In fact, I think Laurie said she spent about a year or a year and a half creating King's Gate. And she even used existing rules. Yeah, sure. Which you can do if you're creating a game. You can lease rules from other game creators. We've gotten way... Let's let's. I know we're just so excited. Yeah. 
Need to back this LARP truck up. So you mentioned that she creates this game. Like a LARP is an actual game. It's basically like uh, creating a a new universe and saying the new universe is going to be at this state park on these (laughs) three days. Yeah. And if you come, you either have to be a character that you've designed or that has been approved by me, the game designer. Um, And you're, you're going to follow the rules of this universe. And things are going to happen within this universe, and that will be our LARP. Yeah, and like you said, the universe is, isn't is something that you can – you think, well, how hard could it be to sketch that out over mm. the course of like a week? Right. But it gets really granular, like you said, and you got to think of everything. Like what does race mean in this world? Is there electricity? Can people read? Right. Um, are, what What are the classes like and the difference between the classes? Yeah. What kinds of weapons do they have? Um, is there magic? Answer, Yes. Yeah, always yeah. magic. That's right. the answer. <laughs> um, and like you said, you can. You, they, I guess, they have existing rule systems out there that you can nick from, or you can make a combination of that in your own, or you can just make up all your own rules. Right. Which uh, that has to be so involved. Yeah, because I think one thing you don't want to do is invite fifty nerds with foam rubber swords out to the park and have unanswered questions. Right, or a dissatisfying game. You know, like. Yeah. How could you not think of this? Like, can they read or can't they read? Right. Um, and a lot of it follows the same, like, rules that you'll find in, like, a, a like a traditional role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons. Like, there's armor classes. There's hit points. Yeah. There's things that determine, since the people who are, like you said, engaging in combat don't actually die, you have to keep up with a way of simulating their death. Sure. Right? And so th- there's, there's rules, the intuitive rules that... You can just kind of come up with just from playing Dungeons and Dragons and being aware of that kind of thing. Yeah. They apply to this too. But I think it is a little more, even more granular because you have, you have not just the rules, but you have the game itself. Right. Right. So there are three different, uh, types of, not types of people, but different categories of of character, I guess, that you can participate. You can, just like, uh, uh, D&D, you can be the game master, um, or, because LARP is a bigger, more immersive, uh, time-intensive thing, it's probably just not run by one person. You're probably you might have a plot committee, and be on you know like a group with a group of folks trying to like suss the, this out basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Especially if players break off into smaller groups, you need to kind of know what's going on. Like mutiny, maybe. Oh. <laughs> uh, there are non-player characters, NPCs, mm-hmm. uh, and that. I wonder what the draw is for that. Those are people that actually aren't advancing in the game or playing to win. Tracy gave the example of like you might be the the innkeeper or the bartender in the pub that mm-hmm. tells you, you know, don't go that way. The dragon is that way. Right. Well, that's and probably that's just, what you're doing. That's like a LARPer who has a drinking problem and doesn't like to move around too much. <laughs> so they just sit in the tavern and wait for people to come by and make up stories about, you know, bandits or whatever. I guess the answer is it's the same person who would want to, or not the same person, but the same idea behind someone who doesn't mind playing the tree in the play, you know, as opposed to trying out for the lead role. Like, we need our bit players and we need our stars. I think also probably if you have a LARP game, um, and uh, so like an actual three-day weekend at the park will be a game, uh, and then those games might take place over some sort of um, consecutive order in the time that's in this LARP world. Sure. Um, and that will form a campaign. But if you have like a game like King's Gate, 
that uh, the lady who was interviewed for this <laughs> created, right? Yeah. Um, you're you're going to have kind of an organization of people who help you carry out this game in real life. Yeah. And I imagine they probably play non-player characters. Oh, you think? I, that's who I would think does it. Okay, that makes sense. You know, they're almost they're almost like administrators of this. Right. They're not game masters per se, but they're like the game master's right-hand people. They still like sit and break bread with the game master, which I think some people like being the inner circle maybe. Sure. Right. You inner circle. Yes. All right. So then you have the player characters and those are, um, they can develop new skills. They can learn things. They're trying to win. They're actually a part of the story. I'm sorry. The NPCs are part of the story. The PCs are experiencing that story. Right. So, like, if you are the um, game designer or the game master and you created this particular game or campaign that you're sending people out on, it's not just a free-for-all. Like, you, if you need to keep the, the narrative moving along, you will create, like, that bartender character. Sure. Right? So that person's there and you, they're going to be there when these player characters come for the weekend. Um, or the, the bandits that the, the bartender warns everybody about. They're yeah. going to be out there in the woods. They're non-player characters, but they're part of the game. So anybody who's not part of the designed game that is playing and has a foam sword, yeah. that's a player character. <laughs> I think I would like to be like a wild card NPC, like the <laughs> right-hand man to the game master. Uh-huh. And if the game master was like, oh, crap, I forgot. Like No one knows how to get to the, the eerie cave. Right. I need a, I need an, an innkeeper, and I could just like get in the character and be like, uh, all right, yeah. I'm an innkeeper. What nice. do you need? What do you need from me? Nice. Innkeeper? Boom. What do they call that? Is that character acting? Yeah, I'd be a, I'd be a, a character actor. What if the game master is like, crap, we didn't get enough bologna for all these people, and they're going to be upset <laughs> come lunchtime. Can you go get some more? I can do that. I can be bologna guy. Um, and you mentioned the game. The game itself, um, a game session can last a few hours, a few days, right? and that can or cannot be, or may or may not be part of a larger campaign. From what I saw, um, games... You typically last like three days over a weekend. I think the campaign thing is kind of cool, though. Yeah. Like you, you you, have your battles over a weekend, and then you take that back and apply that to your risk board or, you know, your whatever maps you've drawn up in right. your world. Yeah. And you're like, all right, now we know that uh, this territory is now owned by whoever the victor was. Right. And uh, what does that mean? Because now they're advancing toward this group or something. Right. It's it, kind of cool. It, yeah, from the interaction of the players and the the game both change like yeah. the players a player might die a player is going to probably gain some experience points or maybe some hit points or whatever or a new weapon um uh, the the game itself like if you created like a central monster or something that needs to be killed yeah that monster may be killed so in this world that you created that monster no longer lives so this this thing it's it's um dynamic it's not static it's yeah the they're they're playing thing. off one another to to evolve. It's really cool. Have you seen uh, Step Brothers, that movie? No, I haven't. It's the, the LARP features heavily in that. It's pretty funny. It, it, it does in uh, Role Models, too. Oh, no, wait. That That's what I meant, of? Role Models. Role mo- yeah. Yeah, Step Brothers, <laughs> John C. Riley and uh, Will Ferrell. Right, but I hadn't seen it, so I didn't know. No, no, no. Yeah, Role Models. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, he gets his confidence at the end. Yeah, and apparently people get their confidence from LARP in, in some cases. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought that movie was better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, same here. And apparently David Wayne, the director, said 
that that's his highest compliment for that movie is for he said people come up to me often and say it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the way it was marketed was really like just yeah. dumb and lowbrow, and it was just going to be just a, a dunce of a movie. But it had like a lot of heart and thought to it, and yeah. there was a lot of uh, conflict. And it was funny too. Yeah, it like it, if you get a LARP game going with Matt Walsh and Ken Jeong, uh-huh. then you're you're on the right track, comedy wise. Yeah. I think. Yeah. All right, so. Um, Step Brothers, what a dope! I'm sure people were like, "Not Step Brothers," right? They, Please well, correct them. <laughs> the great thing is, is that they started their emails and then hopefully stopped mid sentence. Yeah, Step Brothers is funny too. The Catalina wine mixer. Um. All right, so there are three, uh, <laughs> like Catalina dressing. <laughs> no, cat the island of Catalina oh, okay. off the coast of L.A. Okay. Um. So there are three different types of games. Uh, three ways you can play the game. There's a battle game, mm-hmm. and that's actually when. Dudes and ladies get out there. They're fully armored up in their cardboard and plastic. Yeah. And they, someone gives a signal and they charge each other like it's, you know, uh, what was the Mel Gibson? Braveheart. Braveheart. Yeah. And they, you know, they beat each other about the head with foam swords. Yeah. And like there's, there's restrictions on how to make a, a what's, what's called a boffer. It's a, um, it's a LARP weapon. Yeah. And typically it's anything from like a sword to mm-hmm. a mace, shield, um, battle axe. Yeah, battle axe, bow and arrow. Yeah. But there's, there's standards for it. Like they usually start with, um, a, uh, a piece of PVC or a piece of bamboo. Yeah. It's heavily padded and wrapped in duct tape. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, it's tricked out to like be, a, to look like a sword or sure. to look like a bow and arrow or whatever. And, um, it, it doesn't do any damage, but it looks cool, especially when you're like, this is a pretend sword and it's mine and I built it and I'm going to kill you with it. Yeah. What are the, um, what was that website Tracy recommended? It was. I went and checked it out. It was actually pretty good. So did I. Uh, it was called Lucrain's Guide to Boffers, L-U-K-R-A-I-N apostrophe S. Yeah. And it's, you go and it's got all the weapons there that you could ever imagine and how to make them and advice and yeah. all that good stuff. Um, all right, so that's the battle game. And uh, Darkon is one of the most uh, popular ones, and that is an award-winning documentary as well. And I checked out the trailer for that just to see it. Yeah. Did you see that? No. They, they kind of echoed Braveheart, you know, in the way they shot it. Yeah. But it's, you know, it is what it is. That's it's cool. kind of funny. But they interviewed some people in there that you could tell, like, this one lady was like, you know, I don't have control at work. I don't have control in here. I don't have control there. Like, when I LARP, I'm in control. And that's what it gives me. Right. And this other guy was like, you know, I, I became, ended up becoming the man I wanted to be through the fantasy of the character that I wanted to be. Yeah, I'm sure like if you kill a few elves over the course of a weekend and yeah. you come out of like a LARP game like really on top. Sure. That has to translate to the rest of your life. Well, it's just like winning anything. Whether I mean, I don't yeah. care what sport or a competition, any kind of competition that you participate in right. and come out on top or just get something out of, it's going to benefit you in real life. Yeah, it's because society deems a sport as being worthy of paying somebody tens of millions of dollars to be able to play it. Yeah. doesn't mean it's any more valuable or a victory there is any more valuable than one elsewhere. Agreed. Yeah. Very open-minded, Josh. Uh, so then you have theatrical games. Um, this is mainly like sitting around in your house with... Uh, no, no. Storytelling with cards and yeah, dice and things like that. that's what I thought, too. No, there's this whole world out there. 
Well, it can be that though. That, but that's like that's what it is. Like if you sit around and do this in your house, people are going to be like, "This is what you invited us over for." No, that's not true. There, there's all sorts of uh, of theatrical games that people just play like on a Friday night. Oh, okay. The ones I found were all like really involved, really widespread, and kind of cool looking. Well, it's all over the map. There's one called Fiasco that I actually want to buy and yeah. play. It's a movie LARP, uh, theatrical LARP. Uh-huh. And it's like very Coen Brothers esque, like the movie plots, and you act out these characters, and that's cool. But that's the one where you just okay, like yeah. sit around and play with your friends. All right, it sounds kind of cool. But so, what's the other half? Well, the one I ran across the the big um, the legendary one is called Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, and there's like classes and tribes and races of different vampires, and then there's other ones. There's like uh, ones based on mummies. There's one based on sin eaters. There's like demon ones. There's like just Different, um, like whole worlds, man. They've created entire worlds that have whole histories, and they're acting these things out. And it's very much like a LARP, except it's far more subtle. Do they do it like in a, in a literally in a theater, mm-hmm. or is it? It may be in a theater. It'll be in a much larger place than like a like somebody's living room, right? Um, maybe like a conference hall or something like that, with the lights turned down or something, and everybody's decked out as like vampires from like the Victorian era, and stuff right? Like right. That. And it looks really cool. And if you go read up on these things, like just just going from link to link, it just becomes more and more and more involved. And you like it's incredibly thought out. Yeah, the rules are incredibly complex. The big difference between that and like combat um, LARPing is that like if if say a vampire goes to attack another vampire, yeah, they'll usually roll. Sure. For the outcome, they'll play like some sort of some variation of paper, rock, scissors, or right. something like that, <laughs> um, and and that's how they, it's more about the the story and intrigue, yeah, and um and, and that kind of thing rather than like running into battle against one another in the woods. I think if I I would sneak in my big boffer, <laughs> oh, yeah. and when they were like, "All right, Chuck, you know, do your rock, paper, or scissors." And then I would pull out the big boffer, and it just like a hush would fall over the right. room. They're like, "You can't bring a boffer, right?" In here. Especially because you'd have fixed like a squeaky toy to the end. <laughs> so when you hit him in the head, it'd make a really goofy noise. And they're like, "You're not playing right," and I would just boff everybody. You'd be like, "You're all dead." All right, and the final is the role playing game, and I didn't really understand the difference. To be honest, I was going to ask Tracy, so maybe you can explain it. Do you know the difference between this and like? A battle game, or is it sort of like theatrical combined with battle? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Battle game is just running against one another and beating the tar out of each other. So there's no larger story going on? No, not necessarily. I think if there's a larger story, then you've just created a uh, role-playing game. Okay. All right, I get it. The, I would want to play a role-playing game then. Yeah, it's got everything. It's got the best of both worlds. Yeah, plus bologna. Right, bologna yeah. sandwiches. <laughs> um, and like we said, the rules are really... The most important thing, like I, I get a feeling that in all these games, the rules are just sacrosanct. Because oh, yeah. if you don't follow the rules, then people get upset, and then the whole thing just goes into chaos. Yeah, you know. So let's talk about some of them, like okay. combat rules. Well, like we said, um, you're simulating death or injury. Yeah, you're not actually inflicting this, so you have to be able to tell how, um, how, how I guess how many hit points, how much health. A character has when you're being hit with a sword, like in a certain area. T- right. Typically, you you're forced to call out how many points you've just lost. So, Tracy says the combatants call out how much damage they inflict. That right. seems a little. 
I would rather play a game where it's up to you as the one that's hit with the foam arrow to say, all right, that's three points. I got hit in the chest with a foam arrow right. rather than some jerk saying, take off three points. I just hit you with my arrow. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Like, I think it should be up to the person who gets inflicted. That's just me. Yeah. I, and it, uh, ultimately, it would be up to the game designer to decide who who's, who calls that out. That would be a rule. I guess so. But if some guy came up and boffed me in the chest and then stood over me yeah, and told no, me how many points, there, but there'd be a problem. I would say probably you should stay away from <laughs> LARP games because I guarantee that's what it's like. Okay. Uh, we mentioned magic. Uh, I imagine magic plays a big part in most games because why not? You know, if you're going to do a fantasy game, you might as well throw magic in there. Yeah. And, and uh, throwing is... is pretty important well yeah i would like to see some of this actually um because there's the two components one where you like cast a spell and do an incantation and then when you cast your spell at the end like you said like you might throw a bean bag or uh, a little pouch of bird seed and you have to hit the, the other person with it yeah. for your spell to have had so an, there's an physical effect. skill involved right so throwing if you, if physical you, skill if you get the incantation wrong um or if you um miss sure the spell doesn't work yeah and um also like if you're a new character there's no, you're only going to have access to certain number or types of spells yeah you can't just say like i can do this spell as much as i want exactly that's that's part of the rules as well but you mentioned this skill like throwing is an actual part of a skill yeah that's considered a hard skill like in real life you are good at throwing you have the right. skill with pigging people with little balls of bird seed right <laughs> Your soft skill would be magic, like the made-up skill that you're carrying out. And those two combined would make you good at casting spells. Right. Or like Tracy says, if you're a good cook, you may really cook or make the bologna sandwiches. <laughs> if you're not, and that is your character, you may have something that, like, you may a roll of the dice. To that... find out how good your bologna sandwiches <laughs> are. <laughs> I thought that was a little granular, but I'm sure that's... Important in keeping like the immersion going. Sure, you know you got to stay in character. You know, uh, death. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you you can die. That's sort of the point. But because no one wants to spend two weeks making your outfit and your buffer, only to get stabbed in the chest within the first eight seconds of a battle, right? And then you're just all you have left is your bologna sandwich. Yeah. So most games will allow you back in the game. Um, again, depending on certain rules, resurrecting your character is generally part of the, the fun of it. Yeah, and so either like a player character or a non-player character can resurrect you using a spell. Um, oftentimes there's limits to how many times a character can be resurrected. Yeah. So I imagine if you're a character who's like on your last life sure. in a campaign and you're headed toward the state park this weekend, I'll bet you're a little nervous. Yeah, that desperation, like, that's palpable. Sure, like, that adds to the whole thing, the enjoyment and the, the drama. Yeah. Because people are going to be gunning for you. Or, conversely, people might be uh, out to protect you, too. That's true. You might learn <laughs> who your friends are that weekend. Um, a lot of folks sometimes, um, sometimes there's a scorekeeper that just keeps track of all the stuff. Sometimes it's up to you. Yeah, that's different from the game master. Yeah. Yeah, so scorekeeper just keeps score. Just numbers. Yeah. Just spreadsheets. I imagine that's a very specific person as well. Um, a lot of times you you have what's called a life ring, and it's a key ring that has these little tags on it that mm -hmm. say, like, whether I'm dead or whether or not, like, I've got four spells I can use, and as I use them, I'll take them off my little ring. Right. 
just to, I guess, help you remember or keep track of everything that's going on because yeah. it's complicated. Or if it has hit points, you're, you're pulling them off going like, oh, that one hurt. Yeah. Oh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> oh, I'm about to die. Oh, I'm eating bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, that we'll have many times is a, um, a non-participation area because right. – that's where you eat the bologna sandwich. I guess so. Like, <laughs> let's say you do get knocked out of the game. Like, you don't want to just go sit in your, you know, Chevette and, you know, <laughs> like play your music. Your, L- they might Led be Zeppelin. giants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it probably is Led Zeppelin. Huh? Sure. Um, oh, man, nothing will get you more charged up for yeah, LARP combat than, like, Immigrant mountain. song? <laughs> Immigrant song, that's what it is. Um, so there will be, like, a little cordoned off area where, like, you can go have a cigarette. If you're into that, although kids, you shouldn't be smoking <laughs> um, and just socialize, you know, because it's a big part of it. You're making friends out there. Right. And who are your friends? Who are the people that play these games? Well, uh, Laurie uh, Zolkowski says, um, quote, most of them are very imaginative people, mm-hmm. um, have a taste for genre fiction, are highly intelligent yeah. and are in some sense usually a little bit different socially, she says. Right. Um and that's a big part of it. Maybe you don't have a lot of friends, and this is a good outlet for you to make friends and uh, create this cool fantasy world. And like we said, like build up your self-esteem. Yeah, um, yeah, man, that's just so neat. I like that there's a place out there for people who lack confidence. Yeah, it can go like get it. Absolutely, man. Because you know the the dumb jock might get that on the football field, right? But Lucas. May not be able to play football. No, you know he, he's too tiny. He's a little Corey Haim, so he might, you know, if they had LARP when Lucas was around, he might have been able to get uh, the chick from the Goonies. Right. Can't remember her name, but but he didn't, and he dies young because there's no LARP. <laughs> Is that the right movie? Did Lucas die? I don't know. I'm, that's why I'm asking you, Jerry. She says I think so. Does he really? Spoiler: No, I don't think Lucas died. Lucas You're thinking die. of Brian's song, Jerry. Yeah. Or uh, Rudy. Yeah. Rudy di- no, yeah, Rudy, Rudy dies. Now, Rudy's still alive, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> Who dies? She said Lucas. Have you seen John Dies at the End? No. Is that good? It is surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's spoilers all over the place. So, uh, well, it's in the title. Well, no, no, no. I'm just talking about Lucas. So uh, you can't, what we're saying is you can't pigeonhole. Right. LARPers. You have to have three pigeonholes for LARPers. Yeah. Uh, it turns <laughs> out there's a guy named uh, Peter Brockman. He wrote an essay called The Three-Way Model, um, and it was included in the book As LARP Grows Up, Theory and Methods in LARP. Yeah, there's another essay called The Three-Way Model that has nothing to do with LARP. <laughs> At least one other. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Brockman says, okay, there's basically three kinds of mindsets among LARPers. You've got the dramatist, the gamist, and the immersionist. And really, honestly, um, probably most LARPers are a, a combination of these three, but sure. there are three pure mindsets among LARPers. Yeah, the dramatist obviously is going to be way into the story mm-hmm. uh, and the plot, maybe helps write the story. Yeah. You know? Well, you can also take all three of these and transpose them onto the uh, game designer as well. Like, it, it applies yeah, sure. to the characters, the player characters, and the designers. Yeah. Uh, the gamist, um, they're really into the mystery and maybe uh, creating these puzzles uh, for players to discover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the immersionists, immersionists yeah. obviously, are, like, way into 
becoming these characters. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the character and you're really into the character, everything else is kind of secondary to that for the immersionist. And then there's the administrate administrationist. Yeah, the the uh, the person who keeps score. Yeah, it is a big deal though. Like you can't just show up at a park with seventy five people. No. And overrun picnickers, you know. You probably have to reserve your spot and you maybe do. look into insurance. You have and, to get uh, licenses usually. Yeah, like there's a little more red tape probably than you might imagine. Yeah. Um, and thank God there's people out there that are willing to pitch in and help out like that. Exactly. And, and usually it's, the again, the game designer's inner circle that is helping out. And uh, Lori Zolkowski says, in, in this case, usually you're more looking for reliability than even talent and creativity yeah just having people who you can depend on is you know worth its weight in gold jerry just texted me from three feet away and said lucas doesn't die that's great (laughs) i didn't think he died because he's not sick he's just small yeah he died in real life maybe that's what she was thinking oh yeah Corey Haim. but he was grown up then yeah no there's like a kid dies young powder maybe We'll figure it out one day. If you know the answer to that, let us know. Uh, well, that's the end of LARP, buddy. You got anything else? No. Uh, uh, we'd like to hear from LARPers for sure. Red, that Red Button Productions that uh, Zolkowski sold uh, King's Gate to, uh-huh. they do it like every month. Really? Mm-hmm. Every month they have a LARP. Maybe I'll get my feet wet and go watch. <clears throat> oh, you will be sucked <laughs> in immediately. Somebody will hand you a sword and a bologna sandwich and you'll be like, I'm in. Well, I'll bring my boffer just in case, but I'll just go watch. Do you have one handy? Huh, no. Potato guns don't count. <laughs> you can't shoot people with those. Or uh, retrofitted steampunk Nerf guns. Yeah. Which are pretty cool, actually. Yeah. If I had more time and the inclination, I would make one. You can just buy one. Put duct tape on it and be like, look what I made. <laughs> uh, if you want to know more about LARP, you can type in L-A-R-P on the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. It will bring up this article. Uh, and since I said search bar, it means it's time for message break. Uh, now, Chuck, it's time for listener mail. Yeah, this is called Capgrass Murder. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard this you did one. the People's Court theme. No, I did Cat Scratch Fever. Oh. All right. That's what I thought you were saying it like. Cap, grass, murder. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay, I thought you were in people's court. Even still, this this is pretty serious stuff. Hey guys, love the show. I have a story about cap grass syndrome. What, do you remember this one? Yeah. Okay. In the early 1990s, my family moved from uh, Detroit, Michigan, to a small farming community in northern Michigan, Hillman. We got a great deal on a house that we moved into and soon found out that it was because there was a double murder in that house. Unfortunately, his son murdered both of his parents. Uh, we were able to determine where when we changed the carpets. That's gross. It is super gross. And you'll remember in Crime Scene Remediation yeah. episode. Someone did a bad job. They did a terrible yeah. job. You're supposed to tear up that subfloor. Um, when questioned as to why he did it, he kept saying he did not kill his parents because they were still living downstate. He was convinced that they were not his parents, but instead imposters. I remember that one of his defenses was, was that he suffered from Cap Graw or Cap Grass Syndrome. Uh, <laughs> we got lots of stares in the neighborhood and we weren't really sure why until we found out the names. The people who were shot were named David and Norma Douglas. My parents were David and Elizabeth Douglas. 
creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town, being small and not very accepting of strangers, referred to my mother as Norma, even though her name was Elizabeth. That's not very nice. No, and that's creepy, too. Um, we were never really sure if it was out of jest, malice, or other reasoning. It was a little concerning, though, because we were always worried that if he ever got out of jail, he may go back home, only to find that David and Norma Douglas still lived in the house. <laughs> that's a valid concern. Yeah. Um, thankfully, that has never happened, but it was definitely worrisome at the time. And we occasionally still check from time to time to make sure he's still locked up. And I hope by occasionally you mean like every three to six months. Right. Um, take care. Keep up the great shows. That is from John Petersack. That poor guy, man. That was one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, this is so, what a bizarre condition. And then, like, the more you learn about it, you're like, oh, what a horribly debilitating condition. Yeah. That was a sad one. That was also maybe, in my opinion, our most interesting episode. Yeah, it's pretty subject. We, um, there was a guy in the neighborhood in New Jersey, in the small town in New Jersey I lived in that murdered his parents. And yeah. he apparently wrote their names on the shotgun shells. Oh, which is like, there's a bullet with their name on it kind of thing. I would say that was premeditated. Yeah. yeah there was no accident. Uh, well, thanks for that, Chuck. Sure. That was like a listener mail supplement. That's right. Uh, if you have something to say about one of our episodes, or uh, what were we asking about from the LARP community? Just, you know, what's your experience been like? Has it built up your confidence, maybe? Oh, if you know the movie we're thinking of about the <laughs> kid who dies young. That too. And we're not talking about dying young, the movie, with Campbell Scott and right. Billy Roberts. There's another one. Right. Any of those things. Or if you want to just get in touch with us, you can tweet to us at Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. Uh, you can send us an email to StuffPodcast at Discovery.com. And you can join us at our home on the web. That's StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com stuff and sign up now.